Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. My guest today is Caroline Cagle. Before we get to Caroline, I want to mention the website. That is TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there, see stories and photos of our guests. You can see links to all their social media. You can see links to all our social media. That is, of course, Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page and be our friend. You can go to our Twitter page, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. You can go to our Instagram page, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. There are links to Stitcher Radio, where you can subscribe to the show, and of course, iTunes, where you can subscribe. And if you're on iTunes, how about giving us a good rating? That helps people find the show, boosts our presence. That's a cool thing. I'd appreciate it. If you want to write me, it's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. So I met Caroline Cagle through my friend Rhea Chu, who has done a couple of the episodes of the Travel Tales podcast over the years. And when I met her, she had recently come back from India, where she went on a meditation retreat. And I found that very fascinating. So went back and forth between me and her trading emails and Facebook messages and trying to get around the show. So finally, I got her to uh, come in and share her recent experiences in India and also talk about uh, going to Belgium as an exchange student in high school and her time spent in Costa Rica as an exchange student and her experiences traveling through Asia and other places. So it was great to finally get a chance to talk to her and also to learn a little bit about transcendental meditation as a big Beatles fan, I was uh, familiar with Transcendental Meditation through their experiences with the Maharishi in the late 60s. And I know they went to Rishikesh to the Maharishi's retreat. And Caroline was there. We talked about that. So anything Beatles related, I kind of get into. But meditation always fascinated me in terms of stress. And we all know that stress is a killer. It shortens our lives by making our lives worse and eats away at us from the inside. And if this world is ever going to know true peace, it has to start from the inside. And meditation always struck me as a good way to find that. So she seems to have found it. And we talk about that. So now sit back, relax, find yourself some incense. Maybe you burn that. Maybe you sit on the floor cross-legged. Or hell, maybe you just get some wine. That works too. I don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever you're doing, find a happy place and enjoy my conversation with Caroline Cagle. Okay, when did you get back from Asia? I got back from uh, India in May, I think. Okay. May, yeah, sometime in May. And you were there a while. 
I was there for three months. Three months. Yeah. Okay. Now let's let's back it up because I know I'm, you're talking. To, you, you can see probably the Beatles stuff around here. Huge Beatles fan, and I know you went to the uh, the ashram, right? Yes, I did. I meditated in John Lennon's uh, bungalow. It was amazing. How do they prove that it was his? I mean, how do you know? Really? Oh, you look at the paintings <laughs> all over the bungalow, and it. Like in the ceiling, it says, when you look up at the sky, I see you. Or He's, he's writing it to Yoko. Um, just all the paintings. and, and He painted those? He painted his bungalow. Really? It's beautiful. So what is the ashram? Is it a, is like a, open to the public? I mean, anybody can just walk in? So now it is because it's not in use. So now, um, as of recently, they, it's a tourist spot and they collect you know, a fee and they maintain it because before, um, it wasn't being maintained and, and I hadn't seen it before. This was my first trip to India and it's well-maintained. And even like the, um, there's a hall and there's paintings all over it and it looks so cool. It's like a big hall. Um, there are, I don't know, about a hundred bungalows as well. And, uh, that was pretty cool. But so, I mean, it, it's, they they say it's his bungalow, and I believe yeah. it. If they it's good say enough for it, me, it's good enough for me. So this and is it in, felt magical. Oh yeah, I bet. So this is in Rishikesh. Yes. So I'm my geography is. I'm trying to think. Is that that yeah. south? That's way up in the north. Oh, it's way um, up in the north. Yeah, it's way up in the north. I'm yeah. I'm not familiar with Indian geography, but it's way up in the north. Okay. So this is in May. What was the weather like? Okay, so when I first arrived, so basically, it was a, almost a year ago when I left. I left in January of last year, and I f- it was freezing cold. <laughs> freezing cold, and I'm a Cali girl, so I froze my <laughs> butt off. So you've never been to India before. Nope. And I have been to India, <laughs> and you committed to three months. Three months. That's pretty ballsy, because India is not a comfortable, easy place. Yeah. There's beautiful parts of it, but there's also really hard parts of it. So where did you fly into and how did you get to where you're going? Yeah, so I flew um, I flew via London um, into Delhi and then from there took a flight to Dehradun and then from there I had a driver take me to um, our ashram just outside of Rishikesh. So how long have you been practicing yoga or is this about meditation? Meditation, okay. Vedic meditation. I've been practicing, it'll be five years in April. Okay, yeah. so did you take any other meditation vacations in the past or is this your first one well yeah i've been on a few retreats okay yeah so i've been on a few retreats in joshua tree and santa barbara and that was really nice but this was an intensive three-month teaching program (laughs) right (laughs) oh so you went to learn to teach yeah okay yeah so who was running this who's so um a few of my teachers um tom knowles he was the everyone's teacher basically he was um he was with the beatles in india um when he was really young and um he has some stories to tell about the, okay. that experience <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um and uh christian bavakwa another teacher and then lamore um lamore uh she's got a tricky last name but um yeah so a few teachers and they split it up between the three months wow yeah. Whatever happened to the Maharishi? Maharishi. So Maharishi went into retirement and then he passed away. Okay. So um, so basically, my teacher Tom Knowles was was with Maharishi for I don't know thirty years, and then Maharishi retired. So I think he met Maharishi when he was uh, somewhere between like the age of nine to twelve, somewhere in there maybe, or he discovered him, and then I think he took 
the course that I did, um, the three month intensive course at the age of like 15. So he started really young. And so he was with Maharishi for 30 years and Maharishi came to the West with this, um, meditation technique and it went by different names, like four different names. And then it ended up being called transcendental meditation. So Tom Knowles, my teacher was also with Maharishi taught TM, but, um, we don't call it that. Um, what we practice is the same technique Maharishi taught our teacher who taught us. Okay. So, cause it's trademarked. Oh, and so I, I don't know. Anything TM about is TM. Exactly. It's, it's exactly. TM is TM. Exactly. So I, I don't know what TM actually is because what I learned was, um, directly from Tom Knowles and we call this Vedic meditation. Vedic? Yeah. How do you spell that? Uh, V E D I C. So the Vedas are, um, means knowledge. So it's, um, there are branches of knowledge, uh, from the Vedas. So yoga will be one. Ayurveda is also another. Meditation is another. Um, there's also architecture as well. So different branches of knowledge from India. So that's what we call it. What did you get into it? I got into it about five years ago and my sister pushed me into it. <laughs> um, I saw her one day and she was glowing and I asked her what she had been doing cause I hadn't seen her in about a month and I don't know how long it had been since I had seen her, but she said she had been meditating for about a month and she said, you should try it. I had no desire to learn. Um, because I, I actually started doing yoga at a young age on and off throughout the years, Bikram's hot yoga. Oh, you do the very, hot yoga. I was so turned off by him when I met him when I was 19. He's like a I, creepy guy, right? Yes. He's, so he's I been stopped. sued by people. Exactly. So, and I, and I can see why, because he told jokes during the class and I was 19. I was really young when I came to LA and I was so turned off by him that I stopped doing yoga for 20 years. Oh my God. And then I started after I came back from India, I started oh, back okay. up again. Um, so, so after that experience, I was kind of, um, a skeptic. Um, and so she pushed me into it. And the first time I meditated, I felt something, I didn't know what it was, but then I was no longer a skeptic. So I realized, okay, there's something here. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm totally into it. Was there something, <laughs> yeah. well, to make that three month commitment, yeah. was there something happening in your life that's like, this is the time, or is it usually after five years or yeah. So not really. So basically what, what had been happening was, um, I'd been meditating and then I heard about more things that one could do, like go on a meditation retreat and take some more advanced knowledge classes. So that's what I started to do. I, I first came the advanced knowledge classes. So I started taking them. They were l- long weekend workshops where like in Ohio or something. Um, they're at my teacher's home and not in Hawaii, which would be lovely. <laughs> yeah. But, um, or Sedona or something. Oh, that would be so amazing. So basically, we listen to lectures and eat all day and have discussions. And the, the environment is lovely. The vibe is amazing because it's just like people who want to, you know, who are very positive and forward thinking and, and want to grow spiritually and personally. So, so I was doing that for over the course of one and a half, two years, and that was coming to an end. And so the next, that is part of the prerequisite for the program, for the teaching program, as well as the retreats. So, um, so everyone who I'd spoken to who had become a teacher 
kept on saying how amazing it is. It's such an amazing experience. You have to do it. It will change your life. And so it was, so that's how I came about to even considering it. I thought, I I don't want to teach. I, I'm, you know, I have a career as a real estate agent. Like why, what, how would that work? And you would want me to be a teacher? Like, how would that work me? So basically I kept on going back and forth and talking to different teachers about it who had gone away, um, two years prior and then kept on talking to friends about it. And I, you know, a lot, everybody had a different opinion, but basically I went back and forth. One day I did decided I'm definitely going like after speaking to uh, actually another friend, a colleague, he's a meditation teacher and a real estate agent, Chris Pomeroy. Um, I texted him that morning. He met me for lunch and he's by coastal or he was at the time. And after that meeting, I thought I'm going. And then I would talk to somebody else and I would, so I flip flop, but eventually I realized, you know what? I'm taking, I'd take a break from work. So that's not ideal, but you can always make money. Everything will be there. I wasn't married, didn't have a boyfriend. There were, you know, didn't have children. So I figured, you know what, if I'm going to do it now's the time, otherwise I'd have to wait a full year. Um, cause they're starting the program in a few days. Oh, okay. Yeah. For the new crew. So, so I figured, you know what, don't wait, just go for it. It will all work itself out. And your boss was cool with it. You know, I'm an independent uh, contractor. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. so. You're freelance. You're freelance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it it all worked out. I mean, it was kind of I I went I left in a hurry. Like I missed the deadlines to apply or the deadline to apply for the program. And my teacher, one of my teachers, has said, "Don't worry about it. Just apply. I'm going to be one of the." you know, I'm going to be one of the teachers reviewing the applications. Oh, okay. That helps. <laughs> and so I decided, okay, so I'm going to apply. If they don't accept me, I'm not going. And then in the process, as I was waiting to hear back, I decided, well, I need to apply for my visa because if I don't get it, I'm not going. So I was accepted. Um, I got the visa and then, and then the money was due for the program. So I had to make a decision. <laughs> so, um, so I went with it. That's great. So do you just show up and you're by yourself or is there like a, you, you're all at the airport as a group and the bus comes and picks you up? So I missed my flight. Oh, here we go. <laughs> now this is how it starts. So which Friday? You probably took three flights to get I there. I did. <laughs> so how many flights did you miss? I missed, well, I missed them all. <laughs> you started off bad. What, and then the driver as well. In LA, you missed the flight? <laughs> yeah. How did you miss the flight in LA? Well, I wasn't getting that much sleep because I was like wrapping up loose <laughs> okay. ends. And then I, I flew Virgin Atlantic and they used a 24 hour clock. So then I, I just miscalculated. <laughs> <laughs> We're blaming math. Math was the problem. So I, I got to the airport. I'm like, why is there nobody here? And then my friend asked me to look at the itinerary. And as I was looking at my iPhone, I just kind of went down to the ground because oh, then I realized. No. So oh. you were how late or early? <laughs> like you were two up, hours late. Two hours. <laughs> Something oh. like that. So I think it left two hours ago. What airline were you talking? Virgin Atlantic. So oh. I had to wait two days to oh. depart. Two days? Yeah. And I was thinking like, uh, like a horrible I- feeling. <laughs> it was. Did but they I charge you for glad. that? Yes. But you know, I was kind of glad because it gave me a little bit more time in L.A. 
Just to wrap up. Because you haven't had enough? Ends. Oh, you were well, frantic. and well, yeah. I was gone for over three months. The program was three months, but I was gone for a little over three months. So I just wanted to make sure everything was in order. Bills, this and that, you know, clothes, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Well, so was the three months all in one spot or did you guys move around a bit? One spot. One spot. I didn't get to see India. Oh, wow. I'll go back. Definitely. Because there's an advanced uh, teacher training program um, every year. Which is not three months. Nothing is three months. That's just yeah. <laughs> did you see, did you see the cows? I did see cows. I saw horses, um, monkeys. We had like <laughs> black bottom monkeys on our turf, and then one day the red bottom monkeys came over, and then there was like a war. Oh. <laughs> one so turf was like crips and blood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, one time I was when I was meditating outside, um, I heard something, and. And it was a monkey, and he, he had his hand on my bag, and I like took it away from him, which is probably not the best thing to do. <laughs> Did he like snap at you or anything? No, he was so sweet. He just like you know, I, I yanked on it, and then he took off. But like, they're <laughs> sneaky. You oh yeah. If your windows open, they'll like come in and like steal your stuff. Absolutely, and they yeah. they can smell like when you have uh, any kind of food anywhere, and yeah. even things like perfumed like stuff. They would warn us. In a lot of countries, they would say, oh, if they, they can smell like sunscreen and things oh. like that, it's, it smells different to them. So they'll take it first and then they'll climb up in the tree and empty it out. And, <laughs> I yeah, they're, it. They're, they're sharp. They know what's going on. That was my first time in India. I, I, I you know, I, my intention was to arrive a day early uh-huh. <laughs> and like check out Rishikesh. Oh. That did not happen. Yeah, I didn't but know. Okay. I don't. I'd never been up to that point. I've been to Delhi, but then we, I went south from Delhi, oh. so I didn't really get to see that northern part. But I mean, it's a big country, so and it's really diverse. Yeah, yeah it's like I heard. Th- I think they said it's like twenty six different languages or something like that. And yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty intense. But I was just wondering, your first time in India, between the airport and getting to where you're going and what you've seen, what were your first impressions, and how was it? Was it different or the same of what you thought it would be? I didn't know what to expect. I've done quite a bit of traveling. I've been to China, um, lived in Costa Rica for a year, lived in Belgium for a year uh, when I was younger, explored Europe. Ooh, um, good. We'll talk about that later. Japan. <laughs> Japan. Where else have I been? Um, yeah. So, you know, I've done some traveling and, and I thought, you know, I can handle it. You know, I lived in Costa Rica for a year and, and I was... Costa Rica is a little different. Yeah, it's a little different, <laughs> but I really thought like, oh, it'll, it'll be fine. You know, yeah, it's, a lot more surfing in Costa Rica Yeah, um, than India. So, you know, I, I really wasn't prepared. Um, it's a very spiritual place and... I would say, I know it's chaotic. Just so old. Yeah, so old. Um, It's so different. It's so unique. Um, A lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people. But then again, we were in Rishikesh, and we weren't even in Rishikesh. We were outside of Rishikesh, so we weren't really around that many people. I did see Rishikesh towards the end of the program. I, I spent two nights there before I flew out. I just wanted to leave India. I wanted to go back home. Not that I, not because I disliked India, but because I, I was ready to. Yeah, you had senioritis. You I, had mentally I checked had, out. Yeah. Does the ashram get like uh, tourists and looky loos that aren't involved in the thing? Just like, oh, I just not want to see really. John Lennon's thing. Oh, okay. So we didn't stay at that ashram. That's okay. the Maharishi's ashram, or AKA Beatles ashram. So we didn't stay there. I okay, don't that probably think gets have... people all the time. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And it's a magical place. <laughs> I I can't wait to go back because we weren't there very long, but um, it's it's magical. That, like 
meditating in um, John Lennon's bungalow, it's tiny. It's two levels and it's so tiny. It's like a little dome. It was, it felt really amazing. It was re- really magical. And the paintings were beautiful. Like you could see the love that he had for Yoko. It was evident in the paintings and it was pretty cool. That's, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. All right. Well, let's, um, let's move on from uh, India because, I mean, yeah. you just mentioned it. it like, tell me about mm-hmm. this year in Costa Rica. Okay. Well, it first started off a year in Belgium. When I was six, 16, I lived in Belgium for a year as a foreign exchange student. And then, from you were from LA, you yeah. Well, Orange County, Irvine. Oh, okay. And then I did, an actual native. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't born meet too in many Cali. Of them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, let's start it so, from back then. Let's go. Okay. Let's go to Belgium. Belgium. Why Belgium? And was that just what the program set you up with? So there's this program called AFS. It's a nonprofit program, and it was created by ambulance drivers during or after World War II to promote world peace because they saw what had happened you know, because of World War II. So um, there was a, a speaker who came to my school who talked about this program and said, you know, this is so great for college and yada, yada, yada. And I came home and I said, ooh, I want to do this for like maybe a semester or summer. And my dad said, no way. And then later he came back and he said, you're going for the year. I was 15. I know. That's, <clears throat> man, I don't, I don't have a daughter, but that's, that's pretty ballsy. But why was he so, so reluctant at first? And what changed his mind? Oh, I think because he was... Because you, know, you whined about it? <laughs> no. After that, I was it. I didn't even say anything because I thought, well, he said, no, that's that's a no. And it was just an idea. Um, so at first, you know, I guess his initial reaction was, you know, no way. Never going to happen. And then I guess he thought about it and maybe did some research and realized, you know, this is pretty good. You know, this would be really, you know, it would be an amazing experience for me. And, and so basically you get this form when you have gone through the interviews and they, you know, accept you into the program and you have this form to check off and you check off where you're willing to go. And, you know, if it's the year program or, or semester or summer. And so I pretty much checked off every country in <laughs> Europe. <laughs> so was it all Europe or was it? Um, I think so. Okay. I, I don't recall, but I, I remember was it like Australia on there or anything, you know, like no, I don't think so. Um, so I, so I found out that Flanders, Belgium wanted me. And so they matched me up with a family there. And, and so I was 16 when I left. And so the, I, there was an orientation that we did a weekend orientation before leaving, um, for where, whichever country we were heading off to. Um, and then, um, and then another one in New York, which was our departure city. And so, and I met people, um, who were going to, uh, the French part of Belgium as well, Wallonia. And then we, you know, we got on the plane and, um, was this your first time out of the country? No, I'm half Korean. So I have, you went to Korea before. Yeah. I have a passport of me as a baby and, and, (laughs) and then a few, I guess a little bit later as well. Um, so I have, I have been to Korea, but I don't recall, I don't recall it at all. Um, so, so this was my first time, you know, as a young adult and first time in Europe. Yeah. First time in Europe. So you land in Flanders, Belgium. Correct. With they're speaking Flemish. They're speaking, well, <laughs> English to us. Well, so, that's like, uh, oh, well, well, they're speaking English to you. Correct. Yeah, like in the very beginning, um, but Flemish is a hard, it's hard to it, listen to too. So it's, it's, 
Okay, so it's this. It's the same language as Dutch. It's a uh, difference between American English and British English. Mm-hmm. Um, Are they sounds, that close? I didn't know yeah, that. it's it sounds um, slightly different. Like I would say, Dutch is a little bit more harsh, more Germanic. Whereas um, because Belgium is um, south of the Netherlands mm-hmm. and north of France, it's it's softer. So I think it's actually really lovely because it's it's softer. It's not as harsh as. Um, German, um, so it sounds better to my ears. Um, so when and we, f- you, you didn't know any going, oh my God, I knew nothing. <laughs> I knew <laughs> so nothing. This is like your junior year. You're going this, for your junior yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Okay. This is my junior year of high school. I knew nothing. Um, they shipped off. They, sh- the first day I met my host family, I was so nervous to walk into the room because they lined us up. They split us up between different regions and they would line us up and they would call our name and we would step into the room and we would meet our host family. And I was so nervous. I had serious butterflies and it was, I will I, that was 20 years ago. And I totally remember that, that moment. And it was, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> and, and, and I remember the drive back home, the, the, the trees on our street were so beautiful. Um, and for the first few weeks, it was great because, you know, I'm in this new country. Everything's new. The food's new. People are new. Everyone's being nice to me. It's summer. And then reality sets in because they can't keep on speaking English to you. And right. then for the first three months, I was lost. So lost. <laughs> had no idea what was going on. At least French, I would think it would be easier to fake it. I took two years of French, and, you know. <laughs> but yeah, Flemish, what do you do? Yeah, I learned Spanish in high school. So... Oh, that- that didn't, didn't help, help you at all. Didn't no, at it didn't. All. But but actually, they there was like a, a language camp, um, like maybe like a few weeks or a month, maybe a few weeks after we arrived, we we were shipped uh, away for a weekend, so we had some basic knowledge of the language. But you, it it took about six months to really get the hang of it, and then by the end of the year, like I did not want to leave. Yeah. What was yeah. your What was your host family like? My host family. Um, so I had a host mom and father. Luke and Rose, and Luke has passed away, unfortunately. I did get to see him one last time um, when I found out. Did they have kids of their own? Yes. So he he had four kids, and Rose had two. So two of the older kids were out of the home. Actually, Catherine um, was in California when I was in Belgium. And the two little ones, Lise and Lane, were the ones that I spent the year with. And, um, and it was, it was amazing. I mean, it was a lot of fun and I have, you know, amazing, ex- um, memories, but at the same time, it was also really difficult because, um, because of homesickness and back then we didn't have the internet, internet. So you couldn't I would Skype write home letters. And yeah. Yeah. It's so different now. It's more global now. And, um, so yeah, so I would write for better letters. or for worse. You yeah. know, because well, now, what they're finding is like a lot of people in the uh, like the Peace Corps and stuff yeah. like that. The whole part of it was you're going to get involved with this community and become part of it. And yeah. then they're finding so many people now are just spending a lot of their free time, you know, FaceTiming back home. And they're staying. There's so much communication with their friends and family back home that they're not getting involved with the locals, you know, as much as they could be. So it's a, it's a split. It might have been good to, to lose yourself. I think you're absolutely there. right because I was definitely not distracted. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's you're absolutely have to make it true. Work. Yeah, exactly. I made it work, um, and it was an amazing experience. And um, but there were bumps in the road. What like, was high you know, school like there? High school. Oh my gosh, 
high school is so different because you have you're with a class and you stay with them throughout the whole day, but you join another class for certain classes. And it's not every day, one hour of English. It's not like that. It's, you might have two hour, one hour of geography a week. You might have two hours of religion or what have you. So it was very different and you, there's a sense of community. And I think that's, um, Definitely don't have that in the U.S. because you have your own schedule and you can pick and choose your classes. But there, and even in Costa Rica, it was very similar where um, in high school you stay with your group and you really bond with your group. And um, it was, you know, very, very different. Yeah. <laughs> How big of a town is Flanders? I don't even know. Uh, okay. So uh, that's a good question. I would say um, – so. Flanders is the northern part of Belgium where they speak Flemish, which is the same as Dutch. So I I think like the population is like a few million. Is it that big? Like three, four million. And that could be for all of Belgium. Don't quote quote me on that (laughs) because I I don't know. I bet the entire population of Belgium is about four million. I think you're right. And and so I'm guessing Flanders would probably be about one million. Somewhere. Maybe. Because Brussels would probably be about one to two. Because I was just I was just in Belgium this past uh, summer. So was for I for the first time. That was my first time there. Oh wow! So I went to Brussels and I went to Antwerp, and I guess maybe Antwerp would be bigger than. I think Antwerp may be number two, and there's Brussels, and then I went to Bruges and Ghent. Ah, uh, really beautiful. Yeah, everybody loves um, Bruges. Yeah, I liked Ghent a really little better. Romantic. They're both like. Similarly pretty, I thought, and yeah. then uh, but Ghent was a little less touristy, but yeah. that's just me. But they're they're both really nice, yeah. really nice, and uh, do you eat a lot of fries. Yes, <laughs> frites. You know what? I think I think the Belgians really came up with French fries, and well, then they, they got chipped. Yeah, they, they claim got chipped because you. I mean, we don't want to say Belgian fries. I mean, yeah, we gave it to the French. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're so good, and you get to pick all these different. Did you eat sauces. mayonnaise with it? Heck yeah, I did. <laughs> even even with um, salad, my host father would make um, natural mayonnaise, like fresh mayonnaise uh-huh. for the salad. Oh gosh, and it was delicious. <laughs> Food was amazing. I Good mean, chocolate, of, great yes, chocolate, and a lot of meat and potatoes. And at yeah. the time, I was a vegetarian, so I Ooh, ate a that's lot of tough. potatoes. And then halfway through the year, I started eating meat again. But you just carved it up. Yeah, because I wanted to really be a part of the family and take in the experience. And I didn't beer. want to set myself apart. Great beer. Some of the best yes. beer in the world. So I started drinking beer at 16. That a girl. <laughs> well, it's perfectly fine there. It's normal. But, but you, you, you do not get carried away with it and you do have to maintain your, yeah. you know, they're mature about it. Y- yeah. You, you are they're mature not doing about beer bongs in early. a parking lot like yeah. American kids. Yeah. Cause if you were to act up, you know, people would talk and then it would get back to your parents. Yeah. And so, it takes and a village. also, you know, you want eggs. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, like sometimes, um, after school we'd go to the cafe next door and have a beer. It wasn't every single day, but on the weekends, like almost once a week, once every two weeks, you know, we'd, there'd be a party at, at the youth club and then you drink, but you wouldn't get wasted. No. Like you wouldn't really do that. What was the, uh, the teenage dating scene in high school in Belgium compared to America? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Was it more structured? Are people a little more uptight, or they're more free, or they're okay? Do they go out on dates, or is it just like kind of everybody hangs out in a group? Well, you you hang out a lot in a group mm-hmm. um, because, like, 
So and not everybody's driving. Not every. You know? No, we don't drive. So you, don't you drive came until from you're 18. you came from California, where everybody wanted to drive. Exactly. Everybody drives to 16. There, you don't drive until 18. Plus, it's really expensive, or it was at the time. Oh yeah, it still is. Really expensive. Yeah. So I rode my bike. It was like a 40 minute ride each way, and I rode in the snow. Uphill both ways. Sure. Oh, it's Belgium's pretty flat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But yeah, like even through the snow, I'm on that bike. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of miss it because it'd be kind of cool, like coming from Irvine, from Orange yeah. County. Now you're and, like, stuck in traffic on the 405. But, yeah. But like I was like riding past animals and like farms. And that yeah. was like so different. <laughs> we have the greatest weather here to do everything outdoors, oh. walk, ride bikes, whatever. And then we're all in cars. Oh, Genius yeah. planning. here. <laughs> um, so, so there was a year there. And that was a great experience. Did that you think really opened your eyes to the travel and the world and everything like that? Absolutely. To think that, okay, so I was there when I was 16. You know, when you're a teenager, you, you think about, oh, going to Europe, how amazing. I, I never knew that that was possible. So I was living in Belgium, but I got to see, we skied in um, the Austrian Alps. So I did that for like, on two separate occasions for like three weeks. I traveled to England with another girlfriend at the age of 16, 17 by ourselves. Awesome. And went to Paris twice, went to visit my cousin um, in the Netherlands. Yeah, in in, in Amsterdam. So, and where else? I think that was it for that. Germany at all? Did you go over to Um, Germany? Gosh, you know, my German friend came to visit, but I don't know. Did you get down I to Spain don't. to use that Spanish? No, I did, I did that years later. So I've, I've been back to Belgium a few times in the past 20 years. And I did I did hit up Spain and with my host family, actually. Oh, great. We, 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 um, we went to the south of France. And then we also spent time in the northern part of Spain and we camped. So, yeah. yeah. So And then I've been back and I've seen them and traveled part of Western Europe as well. So... So I have been to Spain and Germany. Yeah. I visited a friend in Germany as well. Everything's big in Germany. Everything. The food, the, the buildings, the everything. People. Everything. <laughs> and in Belgium, it's on a different scale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so when did Costa Rica come in? So, okay. So uh, a little too soon. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so in that, I was in Belgium my junior year, came back for my senior year, when I and then started applying for Costa Rica, so I really didn't have a break because applying the, for Costa Rica to yeah to go to, to it's the same it's the AFS program, but well you didn't finish <clears throat> high school in California I did I did but it was too soon in that I only had a year apart between the two programs between Belgium and Costa Rica okay that's not much time that was a bit soon well if you went for your junior year in Belgium yes and then you came back to California I actually came back to I went to Oklahoma where my dad was living so I graduated from Oklahoma which I don't know if it was the best idea okay. <laughs> so you because <laughs> <laughs> that was a cultural experience oh yeah that's a different that's a different yeah. uh, exchange you could have done a cultural exchange from Orange County to <laughs> to Oklahoma absolutely and then and then the year after I was in Costa Rica for years so that was after high school and before college. It was a college So you weren't program. really a student. Um, I, I was. You had but graduated, but you went yeah. to a student. You did more high school after you graduated? No. So it was a college program, so I still stayed with the family. But You're um, getting college credit for this? Uh, yeah, I did get some credit. Okay. Yeah, so it was the same program, but for college. And I had friends in the high school program, so who I'm still friends with, which is awesome. I'm still friends with a... a 
a person who I'd met on the flight en route to Belgium, who now lives in LA. Ah. And we've been friends for 20 years and he was also a volunteer for AFS. Oh, that's I, cool. I, I suckered him in because I, I, <laughs> I volunteered for two years recently and then I got him to help out as well. And so, yeah, yeah, we're still friends. Talk- it, so you get to Costa Rica. Yeah. Where in Costa Rica? Cartago. Okay. That Not is by the which beach. Side? Inland. Like a f- in the mountains, at least? A 45 minute bus drive from San Jose. North? I don't remember. Because I know there's like, outside of San Jose, it's not too far to like where coffee plantations are. And there's like a, a vol- yeah. you know, the Arenal Volcano is probably a couple hours, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know Monteverde what? A, and all that. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> I'm a little off on my geography. It's okay. But it's, um, it's in the suburbs and it's really, really lovely. Um, the town isn't, but but yeah. the countryside is. The San Jose, I'm, I'm not a fan oh, of. Oh, nobody at all. is. There's oh, no brutal. point. Exactly. There's no point in spending any time. As I know. I always tell people that. They're like, where yeah. should we go in Costa Rica? Oh, I was, well, no. don't go to the capital. Exactly. Go fly in, rent a car, and get out get to out. either the mountains or the beaches or somewhere, but don't stay in the capital. Absolutely. So, what did you. So, you. Your Spanish was good? Or no. Okay. <laughs> I had just the basics down, and um, but like they talk so fast, mm-hmm. and like even though I had you know an understanding of the basic um, you know language skills, but it it was not enough. And you're in Latin America; that's different than Spain and what you're taught in the. Oh in yeah, class. So well, I mean, we get a lot of. <laughs> but you're from California, and I'm yeah. from Chicago. When I went to Spain, they said I sounded like a Mexican, <laughs> which makes sense because yeah. that's all the Spanish I've heard my whole life. Yeah. you know, and you, especially from California, it's yeah. going to sound. We sound like Mexicans. Totally. Yeah. So I mean, it took a little while to like understand what was going on, but at least I, you know, I could kind of sort of read and kind of, you know, yeah. it still, you, get you know what. It, Better than it, Flemish. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it still took some time, but, you know, I six months into it, I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you were there for a year? I was there well? for a year. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I was there with two different families. So I switched families partway through the program, and it, which was great because I got to experience two different lifestyles. Um, and I'm still in contact with both of them. Um, I've been back a few times to visit them, and my host brother actually lives up here. Oh, nice. And yeah, which is nice. And I've seen him recently. And then one of my best friends um, is actually best friends with my host sister down there. <laughs> she was living in, L- she flew to LA when I flew to Costa Rica. And I would hear about this person, um, Christina, or Annie actually is what they called her. And then I moved to LA, but nobody told me, Hey, you should look her up. She lives in LA. So like for 13 years, we were both living in LA and we didn't meet up until 13 <laughs> years later. And then we became best friends and, you know, went out all the time. And, um, uh, it's like kind of cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, I mean, this was kind of before that now Costa Rica is such a tourist hotspot and yeah. everybody goes, but this oh was kind God. of like before it was that known. Like when I was in college, we didn't think to go to Costa Rica. Now it's so easy to do, uh-huh. but back then, it, I don't think the tourist infrastructure was there as, as much. It's so People went, now. but it's, now it's really kind of built up. Absolutely. It's more built up. Real estate's more expensive. That was in 95 when I left. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It's, I mean, it's 
definitely more Now it's just popular. the Century 21 signs everywhere. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, celebrities go down there on a vacation. Yeah. Like Giselle and, and Tom. Did you at least go to the beaches and stuff? When <laughs> oh, you were yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Did you zip line and do all that? I, yeah, I did that later on, a few years later. Yeah. But, yeah, went to the beaches, camped on the beach one night, and then realized the water came up too close to our tent. <laughs> But it was, I mean, it was beautiful. It was, and I love Manuel Antonio because um, you've got a park right at the beach. So it was a beautiful place. And I haven't been back in 20 years. Oh, I've you been, to, been back? Not to that particular place. Like I've been to Monteverde a few times, Arenal a few times. Um, I went to the Nicoya Peninsula. Yeah. So uh, I went to surf camp down there. Nice. I don't surf. Oh, I wish. That's I'd like to I, try it again. I don't, I don't surf oil. I yeah. can tell you that. But, you know, that's where I learned. For a week. <laughs> That's a great place to That's where I fell fell off the board for a week. <laughs> um but yeah, it's beautiful. And then you can do so much in such a small country. I mean you can see a lot of it in a week. Oh my I goodness. Mean, it's very doable. Oh, absolutely. And it's not that far away. No. It's like central yeah. time zone. I tell people people yeah. think it's so far. It's like, no, it's just easy peasy. It's like a two hour flight from Houston. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So um so Costa Rica, we have Belgium. Tell me about uh, Asia and your time spell. Did you actually live in Japan or did you? No. I, I visited a girlfriend in Japan. So um, I'm, I met this really lovely Japanese person in, in a real estate class. Mm-hmm. And we just hit it right off, um, right off the bat. And then um, a few years later, she ended up having to move back because of her visa situation. Um, and so I I went to visit her along with two other girlfriends and – um, we went there in August, and I don't Ooh, recommend that. And no. she told us. <laughs> I went in July. Us. I went in July oh in Tokyo. <laughs> Jeez. I'm not going to get into it, but I had to buy extra underwear. Oh, I believe it. I sweat right through them all. I was wearing a sundress with, like, spaghetti straps, and I'd be sweating. And it was like and – I, and I saw – I would see men with, like – Business clothes on. Oh yeah, like they will. They wear suits, long sleeve shirts, and I just, men don't wear shorts. There. Yeah, that's they not, don't. No, that's not. No, and I don't know how they few did it. Countries they don't. Yeah, I mean that's not. Um, that's how they know Americans usually. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like Germans, <laughs> you know, like oh, the <laughs> men, grown men in shorts. Uh, but yeah, I'd see them in Singapore. These oh, guys really? in suits, and they're like, oh my god, oh, it's god. the hottest place ever. Oh. Yeah, so I went hot. there in July and it was like uh, just spring and fall. Those are the times to go to Tokyo. That's what she said. Same as New York. Same as New York. <laughs> oh my God, I went with Ria. Yeah. She was one of um, the to f- Japan? My friends. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ria and another friend, Sue. And then we, we met, met up with our friend Masako, okay. who, now has, who, now, who now is married with and has a baby. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was, it was such a fun trip. But um, when we first got there, Masako said, we have to wait till it cools down before we can leave and i'm thinking i want to see tokyo i don't want to wait yeah so we're waiting at her place for it to like for two o'clock to kind of roll roll around and then we took off and we would walk all day long and then by nighttime we were too tired to go out. <laughs> <laughs> no it just sucks um, the life out of you it like does the heat and the yeah. sweating and walking around and you're from california you didn't even have to deal with you never even learned about humidity no until you got to oklahoma <laughs> and then you learned about it exactly uh, so, okay, where, how in tune of you to you are uh, your Korean roots? I mean, have no. you been back since no. you were a little kid? Really? No, actually, I haven't. Okay, that's pretty sad. So I've so taken. Who's, 
My mom's Korean. Your mom's Korean. My mom and dad met in Korea because my dad was in the service. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, good guess. Typical. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, so they met um, there, and then she traveled with him to Europe um, because he was still in the army, and then um, they didn't get divorced. But um, so I'm not in tune with my Korean roots because when I was younger, I spent more time with my Korean relatives, my Mm -hmm. cousins, my aunts, and I would hear my mom speak with my other in California. Yeah, in in L.A. Yeah, you know, I had grandparents. This is where they're at. Yeah, (laughs) right down the street, right here, right over here. Exactly, in K Town. (laughs) So, so, but then, so I heard it when I was younger, and I was in K Town when I was younger. But as I got older, you know, didn't spend much time in K Town and. Grandfather passed away, and mom doesn't live here anymore. So yeah, no, I I don't. I'm not really in touch with my Korean roots, but I have taken Korean classes on off throughout the years. Okay, so you, <laughs> how was your? You can understand it. You can Barely, speak. It. Oh, okay. No, not really. So if I take you to the so uh, you're in the restaurant, you can't order uh-huh. for us. I I know. Oh. I, I can say bulgogi and kalbi. Yeah, oh, I can and, do that. Yeah. <laughs> I've lived here long <laughs> enough that I can I can yeah. order that. Yeah, but no. I found it. I was in Seoul uh, just for three nights. That was the that's my Korean experience. But I loved it. Uh, but there again, a weather thing. I was there around late December and it was freezing, freezing, freezing. So yeah, shoulder seasons. That's, oh, that's the thing. That's that's the spring way to and go. fall. Spring and fall. That's the thing. For most <laughs> of the northern cities, especially because cities, you want to be able to walk around and not. A, you don't want to freeze, but you also don't want to sweat your ass off. So oh, my goodness. Th- that's why there's so- shoulder seasons. That's, yeah. that's what I've learned over the years. So um, what are your dream destinations that you haven't been to that you want to go to? Well, I definitely want to go back to Korea, but I keep on telling myself I'm going to wait till my Korean language skills get better. But at this point, I think I just have to give that up just and go just ahead. go for it. Yeah. Um, so Korea, Thailand. Um, you haven't been to Thailand? No. Wow. Yes. It's surprising to me. And I love, I love Asian food. Oh yeah. That's, you know, anything well, the Asian, the love best. it. The best. And, and yeah, actually, so I was a volunteer for AFS. Um, I was a liaison to a Thai student for a year. So I check in on her every, every month and the family and the school. And so, and she was lovely and, and it would be great to see her again. Oh, yeah. That was a few years ago, but, um, would love to go to Thailand and, and see more of Europe, like Croatia, um, and I want to go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a place that you've been that you, you're okay uh, if you never go back to? Uh, I mean, I, I would prefer to go to new places versus the same places over and over again. But you know what? Paris never gets old. Right. I, I love the French language. And I, and I love – I'm such a romantic um, – I'm, I'm a sucker for romance. romance so being in – France and the architecture and everything is so so lovely. <laughs> oh, Italy! I have not been to Italy. What? I know <laughs> it's so wrong. <laughs> okay, for food, anyway, the the two best places in the world for me, and I've been a lot of places, but for food alone, Italy and Thailand. Those uh, are the two places you have to go. And I haven't that you been can't, there yet. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, the two number one and two. I'll let others pick what order they come in, but those are the top for me. That you can't go wrong with any like you can just stumble into any place and it's like oh my god this is five dollars and this is better than anything I've ever had at home why is it so good why is it so good um, yeah just skip the Philippines oh yeah not so <clears throat> well food is disappointing There's some beautiful parts of it but the country of course but uh, yeah, the food disappointing no? oh, yeah. but uh, yeah most of Asia you can't go wrong with the food yeah. anywhere else. 
like you know, you, you know India, but uh, yeah, Laos, Th- uh, Cambodia, all that stuff. It's Vietnam, I loved. Awesome. Food is great. Food is great, and it's cheap. Oh, I cheap. love that. Vietnam's really cheap. Love it. And uh, Mexico, apparently. I mean, I've been to parts of Mexico, but I mean, that's one place where the food is incredible. But we're so used to it here and spoiled with it. That's true. I don't order Mexican anywhere outside of U.S. or Mexico. <laughs> I've had that bad experience. You ever tried ordering Mexican food in Belgium? I have. We went to El Torito in Japan. Because oh. <laughs> my girlfriend, it can't be good. she really wanted Mexican. I know. You need to start jonesing, right? <laughs> After a while. I ask Californians especially, like, what are the things you miss about people who like expats, people who lived? Yeah. And first thing they say, Mexican food. Yeah. That's the first thing that they always There's say. There's no point in or ordering. Or in and out. Those are the two. There's no point in ordering Mexican food outside of like Southern California or like Texas or places where... Well, no, Chicago we had a great because... Really? Oh, yeah. Well, we had the oh. second highest Mexican community after LA. Really? Yeah. Oh, right on. New York was tougher. What do I know? <laughs> yeah. New, yeah. Cali person. Thank you very much. But uh, no, New York was tougher because there just wasn't as many Mexicans. They're Puerto Ricans. Yeah. So like, sense. yeah, there wasn't as many... And then in Florida, you get the Cubans. Ah. Uh, so you don't get the great Mexican food there. No. But yeah, anywhere, anywhere in the West. Like Denver has great Mexican food because it's mostly Mexicans. Oh, wow. Yeah, anywhere. Well, Latinos are the number one immigrant group west of Kansas City, really. I mean, east of there, I mean, be uh, African-American. But no, out west, all the cities out west other than like Oakland. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Mexicans, <laughs> Mexicans. Um, so, what's your next trip? What's your next plan? I know you have your dream oh. destinations, but do you have anything planned right now? No, I'm okay. kind of like chilling, <laughs> <laughs> meditating, man. Meditating. Did it help? Did you come back like different? Oh man, I, I came back and I was kind of in a daze because I had done so much meditating. Um, was it hard to talk to people? Like after a I while, was, it was. I was kind of in my own world of like, whoa, I'm back in LA and there's traffic. <sighs> you know, I didn't drive for th- over three months. I, you know, like traffic was not something I experienced. No. So, well, yeah. It's stress again. It's all stress back. D- yeah, exactly. There's work stress, there's traffic stress, there's relationship stress. Yeah. So I, I definitely feel different. I, f- I feel. I feel great. It feels great to be back. I, I really missed it, but it took me a while to like kind of transition. So, are you teaching now? Now I that you okay, so yeah. you have classes. Where where would people uh, be able to find these classes if they were online or something? So, I do have a website, ccmeditation.com. Best thing to do is to contact me, text me, call me. That's probably the best thing to do. Um, because the classes, the location of the classes moves, um, and um, the website isn't quite up to date. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I it, every time I teach, it feels so good, and it feels like my heart grows bigger. Oh, that's great! It's, it's a beautiful feeling, and I've taught some friends to teach, and I I taught a friend to teach another AFS student who I had met twenty years ago. He actually said he quit his job as a lawyer in sh- Shanghai. Shanghai to move to France to figure out his life after having a conversation with me. And I taught him how to meditate in France when we met up. I had no idea he was in France. Oh, by the way, after India, I popped over to Europe, went to visit, um, stopped in London, Paris, 
visited my host family in Belgium and then came back to the U.S. So I I had a little trip. That's great. Yeah. So I actually taught him how to meditate in France, this friend. And one of the days we were meditating at the Eiffel, at the base of the Eiffel Tower, like on a park bench. Oh, wow. It was lovely. It was a wonderful experience. Well, I mean, did you say you went to China? I did go to China as well. A few years ago, I went to China. I had a girlfriend, a really good girlfriend who moved there for a boy. And I was going to go visit her. And then things didn't work out with the boy. And she decided to come back home. So she said, don't wait until spring. If you want to come visit me, you have to come now. So I ended up leaving the day after Christmas to head to China to meet up with her in Shanghai. And I froze my yeah, bum off. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Shoulder seasons. Oh, folks. my goodness. Shoulder seasons. But it was either come now or don't come. No, I know. But, so I, mean, I thought, how bad can it be? And Shanghai South. I it's, mean, it was cold, right? And God, that's so. The North has got to be really cold. Like Beijing, must was probably it was so cold. Did you go to Beijing too? Yeah. See, we, I've never been to either. I've uh, only been to Hong Kong and Taiwan. So I, I got like China light. I haven't been to mainland China. <laughs> so we flew it. I flew into Shanghai. Shanghai looks co- so cool. On yeah, it's very from modern. Photos, yeah, yeah, it's very modern. And there's a, I guess, a good expat population there. Oh yeah, it's international. Yeah, business. And then we went over to Beijing, and we froze our butts off. Uh, we almost didn't get to make it to the Great Wall of China because we kind of waited towards the end of our stay in Beijing. Did she speak <laughs> the language? Yes, but n- kind of. Enough. That seems like one of those places you need a guide you or something. You do. If okay. you're going to go to China, you need a guide because nobody speaks English, and it's a different world. And she did realize that our flight was delayed or actually canceled. And so she was able to figure out, you know, like we have to talk to somebody about this because we need to go get to where we're going. So we, we flew from Beijing to the South of China and we saw the terracotta warriors. Oh, I want to see those. It was so cold. Oh, <laughs> okay. I know it's cold, but so it, cold. was it cool to it see was though? It was so amazing. Yeah. I want to see those. It was amazing. It almost seems unreal. Cause they just go on and on and it on goes and on and on and on. Yeah, that seems so fascinating to me. Yeah, all those, all those statues. So those, yeah. The, so you got the you got the China highlights. Yeah, and we went further to the south where it was warmer, which was really nice. Well, did you? I mean, China. When you go to India, I mean, those are the two places with the most people yeah. in the world. Was it kind of similar in the fact that it's just humanity everywhere you look? So I didn't really get a sense of that in India, only because I wasn't there. For, oh, you were in the country, I, I, too. I was in the country, and um, I wasn't in the big cities. Shanghai so, and Beijing have got to be insane. Oh, it totally felt kind of nuts in that respect, where there's people everywhere. And, and Tokyo as well. Tokyo was like a little bit... Yeah, but Tokyo's you know, spotless. You know? Yeah, yes, I mean, it's true. But like people just Yeah, it's 25 everywhere. million people. It's insane. What? It's, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And Beijing's got to be up there. I mean, it's Beijing. one of the biggest in the world. Yeah, exactly. It was. There's just people everywhere. It's a different world. You know, were you I, tall? Were you like a giant woman there? No. Were you like really tall? <laughs> no, they're probably taller than me. No, come on. The Chinese? No way. <laughs> There's some tall Chinese. Yeah. In Vietnam, you'd be pretty tall. Yes, I'm going there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I actually think I'm taller than I am, and then I find out that I'm not. <laughs> what are you, like 5'2"? I'm in that range. Yeah, okay. yeah, so, yeah. your girl height. But for some reason, I, it's like when I talk to people, I don't really think they're that much taller than me. And then I realize they're like a foot taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, what uh, did you get sick in China? Mm, yeah, uh-huh. I did. That's a common one too. Yeah, 
It was unpleasant, <laughs> especially when you're traveling. Yeah, it's the worst. Like you're moving from one place to another, and you're on a train or whatever, what have you. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you're home with a nice oh. uh, toilet every anytime you need it. Yeah, your your bed. <laughs> oh. Your sheets. Your TV. Comfortable. Your cable. Yeah, your internet. <laughs> internet. Yeah. <laughs> couple things before and then I'll let you go because I know you got to go sit in traffic and get stressed out again. <laughs> so, um, it takes a lot to s- stress me out, by the way. <laughs> well, no, you're totally meditated, of course. What, uh, so speaking of meditation, yeah. so people who aren't, who've never done it and don't know how to do it or don't know what it's about, what's the, the quick elevator pitch that tell them how they can get started? Well, they're all. There are all different kinds of techniques out there. So what I teach is a transcending mantra-based technique. So you're repeating a mantra. You, you think a mantra. The intention is to think the mantra to yourself quietly. You don't say it out loud, and then you let it go. You, you let it get fainter, fainter, fainter. You let it go, and then your mind's going to wander. And so when you realize, oh, I'm off the mantra, you come back to the mantra. But the mantras are also private. So I've never told anybody my mantra. And, um, and it's... If you don't like your mantra, that's too bad because that's your mantra and your teacher picks your mantra for you. So there are like groups of mantras for people. There, there isn't a unique mantra for every single person, but the mantra has no meaning. If it had a meaning, then your mind would think about that. And the intention is to relax and be effortless. So I would recommend taking a course, um, of course I'm biased. Yeah. And yeah. I... Where, where would we find one of those? Uh, let me think. <laughs> you would... You could contact me. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, Headspace is an app that people talk about as well. Um, but there are different um, results from the different techniques. And there have been a lot of studies done on this technique. And it's pretty amazing how something so simple and so basic, such as resting, um, getting deep rest, would have such profound effects on one, such as lowering um, blood pressure, um, doctor's visits by half. Um, there was a study done by Blue Cross Blue Shield and they took meditators and non-meditators and the non-meditators had half of the doctor's visits as the, um, sorry, as I think I just mixed that up. <laughs> <laughs> the people who meditated had half the amount of doctor visits than then, people who didn't. Correct. And, and so it's, you know, it's, it's so simple, but well, so, stress is a killer. Stress uh, kills people. Is. I'm it convinced my dad is. died at 67 uh-huh. and he didn't smoke or drink. And I'm convinced it was all, well, poor diet and, yeah. uh, stress. Exactly. So stress affects the, our health. Our central nervous system is where we store stress. It affects our health. It affects our mind's potential. Cause they say we use one to 10% of our mind's potential, Well, we're not using that remainder because of stress. Um, when you clear that up, you're able to access more of your mind's potential. You are in better health and your relationships are better. So I don't really get stressed out that easily. So when I interact with people, if I, I sometimes interact with difficult people, we all do. And to deal with them is not that difficult now because I realize it's not about me. It's about them. They're stressed out. And then I, you know, I kind of feel bad for them because they're stressed out and I'm here. I am like, Happy floating on a my, plane yeah wearing my rose colored glasses so <laughs> my relationships are better as well because like when you kind of like get rid of your baggage and you're more authentic and you don't have like an agenda or have needs that need to be fulfilled you 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 show up you know being you know different your agenda is different your your what your your goals are different and and um you know being happy people kind of you know you attract people to you who also want 
you know, want to be happy as well. And like attracts like, and well, unhappy people are attracted to me as well. (laughs) Um, But maybe they're seeking answers. They want a little something of what you got. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Why is she so damn happy? We don't like that. Um, Well, finally, what do you think all this um, uh, travel and all your experiences in different places around the world, what has it taught you about uh, people? What has it taught you about uh, yourself and how you see the world in, in, in whatever way you see it? That's a great question. So basically, my travels and my experiences, um, having lived abroad and, and traveling, it now allows me to see the world in a way where we're basically all the same. We just do things a little differently. People want the same things usually, and they just... You know, they want happiness, they want fulfillment, they want validation, and they want love. And um, we're all pretty much the same, just, you know, the flavor's a little different. So, yeah, so it's, you know, it's uh, it's definitely opened my eyes up to to people and, and, and understanding people and, and seeing their point of view and, and you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks for doing this. I know you were nervous about it, and you put it off for so many times. You you stalled it. You it's like our eightieth time trying to work this out. But I'm glad you did it. Are you happy? I'm glad I did it. Yeah, it was fun. I didn't know we were starting. (laughs) You just started talking to me. That's how we trick you into it. (laughs) That's that's great. Well, well, thanks for doing this. And uh, anything else you want to say say to people before we go? Okay. Can you give us a mantra? (laughs) <laughs> no, I can't. Oh, shoot. I actually, I can okay. if you take the class. <laughs> oh, that's out of you. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. Bye.